We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Waste Management Phoenix Open DraftKings Picks and Preview. You want to see each of the picks per range? Hit the time code. Same as they play the best plays lineup at the end. It will all be down there, as will the Listener's League link for DraftKings. It is up to 2,000 spots full already, so there's another 1,000 to go. We fill this by the end of Tuesday. We probably get 4,000 spots, which means... 4,000 spots of rake-free money for next week's huge tournament at Riviera. So go fill that up right now. Remember to smash the like button to the episode in the description. Give me your two favorite $6,000 plays at TPC Scottsdale this week. And sub the Mayo Media Network. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well if you're out there. Additionally, uh, if you haven't signed up for prizepicks.com yet, shame on you. But they're going to be having some huge giveaways for the Super Bowl. Uh, and they have a bunch of golf stuff up right now too. So go to prizepicks.com, use code MMN, and get a match deposit of up to $100. Essentially, a $100 free bet. So go do that right now. Joining me to break this down tier by tier, it is Dom Cinturino, who is going to tell you to play Francesco Molinari, maybe a double with Guido Michelizzi. How's it going? Really good, Pat. Thanks for having me. Uh, unfortunately, no Italians in this field, really, that, I mean, actually, I don't think there is an Italian in this field, so Mo- that won't really be an issue today. Mo- Molinari's playing. I like Molinari. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just overlook him at this point. Why? I don't know. He's... He's burned me for the last couple of years. Almost got him in my season long and just couldn't pull the trigger. All right, well, let's jump into it. The course is TPC Scottsdale. It's just over 7,200 yards at par 71. You want to make some eagles? You came to the right place. You can get all three of these par fives with a nice drive on 17. You can get that one too, although that's a bit more unlikely. You're far more likely to find the water off the tee on 17 rather than make an eagle. However, even if you put it in the water, you can still get it up and down for par pretty easily. Is there a type of player that you're looking for this week? Because uh, Feinberg was talking about aggressive players, and, and I kind of side with him on that. I, I want like, the, the passive par makers out there. I want guys attacking pins. Yeah, aggressive to a point. I mean, I think you do need a complete player. Um, strokes gain off the tee kind of struck me as like, I don't know how much to weigh that in this week because like looking at the leaderboard last year, six of the top 12 uh, lost strokes off the tee. So it's like, yeah, distance is important. Hitting the fairway is important. But at the same time, I just don't know how important. 
Um, aggressive wise, I mean, Neesmith led the field last year with four Eagles, I think it was. So obviously that's going to kind of help you out and push up the leaderboard, but I don't know how aggressive you really want your guys to be. Oh, see, I, I'm all for this. See, going for the green and two percentage. I mean, eagle rate's a bit tricky because it's a lot of really good putters that are on that list. Like over the past 50 rounds, the top five in eagle rate are Adam Long, Kevin Tway, Troy Merritt, Alex Noren, and Hank Lebiota, which is kind of shocking. Oh, no, wait, that's putting. Nah, that's probably why that makes a little more sense. Patrick Rogers, Cameron Davis, Sam Ryder, Taylor the Gooch. Uh, Matt McNeely is withdrawn, so it's Robert Streb after him. It's not exactly the players that you would think that would pop up to the top of that list, but let's go to the highest salaries. John Rahm is playing, so obviously being the number one player in the world, he is the most expensive player on the board. 11-6. is very pricey. JT is 11 even. Then you got Cantley, Matsuyama, and Big Dick Vic Hovland. 10-2, one over in the Middle East, making his first, or second, I guess, PGA start of the season after the Century Tournament of Champions. So how do you see the construction going down this week? Do you think it's going to be like, let's jam in ROM with one of the other over 10K guys? Or do you think it's more of a balance type build here where you can take ROM or Justin Thomas, one of the two, and then you can almost bypass a lot. Like Xander is going to be very popular at 9-7. You can go down to Scheffler at 9-1, Finau at 8-9. Like there are very popular names historically that people like to have in as their second and third man. And you can actually make these lineups work pretty easily because the back end of this field is still pretty strong, even at cheap prices. Yeah, the 6K range doesn't really drop off all that much compared to a normal event. And the waste management this year is a lot stronger than what we've seen in the past. Um, kind of looking at the leaderboard last year, the pricing, we had Brooks Kepka at $8,800. The only guy that was 10K plus that found found their way uh, into a top five finish was Xander Shoffley at uh, $11,000. So it's like, sure, I think you can jam in two guys. I mean, we saw what Steve Stricker pop here last year. KH Lee was almost bare minimum price. So if you love two guys at the top, I don't see it being that hard down the board to kind of fill out your last four spots. So does that mean you're all in on John Rom? Because looking at the early ownership projections, and this is a Tuesday morning, I'll have an update on Wednesday yeah. on Mayo Media Network when the ownership percentages mature just a little bit, but I, I just feels like he's going to be 25%. Why wouldn't you? He hasn't won, but he has appeared in the optimal lineup two of the past three weeks or two of the past three starts that he's been in. So why would you go anywhere else? Right. And in 11-6, I think, like I was saying, is doable this week. Uh, I think you can make the case for it. You look at his, obviously, his track record here, never finished worse than, uh, I think, T-16. Uh, struggled around the green lately, but he's been hitting so many greens that it really doesn't matter. Um, usually, I would go away from Rom if I thought it was a little bit shaky down the board. But there are some plays that I think you can make a roster look pretty good, even with rostering John Rom at $11,600 on DraftKings. Do you have any fades from above $10,000? Because obviously not everyone's playing 150 lineups. Most people aren't playing 50 lineups or even 20 lineups. They're playing one, two, or three. So obviously you cannot play everyone in here. So I think like if I'm going to power rank them, I think I'm going to use Rom. I'm going to use Thomas. I like both those guys. It's going to be very difficult to use them together, obviously. But then it's Hideki. I think you can put Hideki with either one of these guys, kind of backpedal off the 9K range. If you go Rom Hideki, you still have $7,000 left. And there's a lot of guys like right at $7,000 that I really like this week. So I think that's one potential lineup bill. But like, would you feel comfortable starting with 
Hideki, or do you think like you want Cantley or Hovland? Like where where are you seeing this? My fades are probably, I think I'm going to stay away from Cantley and Hideki here this week. Um, actually, my favorite play in the 10K range is Victor Hovland, uh, not even really given the price point. I just think when you get the third ranked player in the world as the fifth highest priced uh, golfer on DraftKings, you can sign me up for that. I mean, is he priced here because of what he's done at the Waste Management Phoenix Open in the past? Uh, he had a miscut in his debut two years ago, but I mean, Pat, I was looking at his miscuts like in general, since that waste management Phoenix open back in 2020, he's only missed two cuts worldwide, uh, Honda in 2020 and the players um, this past year. So I love the fact that he took a week off, did not make the trip to Saudi uh, three wins worldwide, obviously in his past five starts and we get him at $10,200. I think a, you can either pair him with JT or Ram or B, you can really just start here with Victor at 10-2. If you're going to pair them up, it's, it's like I said, if you go Rom, Matsuyama, you have $7,000 left. If you go JT and Matsuyama, then you know, it's like $7,300 or $7,200 left. But you can save a lot of money. Like, I really like Hideki this week. Uh, obviously, he's won here twice. He, he has a yeah. second-place finish. And it, it's been a bit more of a struggle for him. But you talk about... Hovland winning three times in his past five starts. I mean, Hideki's won three times since last year's Masters, and he's won some pretty good events along the way. Like, I guess the Zozo wasn't all that great, but, like, Sony had a pretty strong field this year, and obviously he won the Masters. He has the history at this course. His tee to green is really coming into form. He even played well at Torrey a few weeks ago. So I'm going to have a really difficult time getting away from Hideki this week. So you could go Hideki Hovland if you wanted to. Obviously, you don't like him. Are we both out on Cantlay playing? I don't like him when he plays back-to-back events. I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't know what it is. And he's, it's, he's not coming at a value at all. Like if I'm going 10-7 for Cantlay, I'd rather just pay up the extra 300 for JT or the extra, I mean, 900 for Rom at that point. Yeah. So I can see starting Rom, starting Thomas, I'll have a few of those. I think Hideki starts are more than likely where I'm going. As we talk through the $9,000 range, that maybe there's guys that pop up here that are just a little bit better uh, to you know, overall construct your roster. Because we got Spieth coming off the week. I don't think people are going to use Spieth this week. I, I, I'm not sure of that, but 9-9 is a lot for Spieth. He's more than Xander, and everyone loves Xander. So Xander's going to be through the roof at 9-7. Brooks, Burns, Berger, Berger's 92 coming off that back injury, Scheffler, and Bubba Watson. Uh, I will not be talked off of Brooks or Bubba Watson. This is this is kind of my strategy at this tournament. Play those two guys, and hopefully it's once every three years when both those guys hit at the same time because they are tailor-made for this event. I don't care how poorly Brooks has been playing. He was playing like garbage coming into this event last year. He won. Uh, he might miss the cut. That's It's always a live possibility with Brooks. He might be completely off right now, but very few people are going to go to him, especially being priced just under Xander Shoffley that you might get at like 6% ownership. Yeah, it's not like we saw Brooks enter last year uh in good form whatsoever. I mean, he missed three straight cuts, uh, which led to his price tag. Kind of the same spot we're in here, uh, just a little bit more expensive. So, um, yeah, I think I think Brooks is live here. And I, like you said, I don't think the ownership's going to be there at all. Do you think that people will go to Daniel Berger? 
coming off the back injury. Because I've seen his odds price, even whether it be at DraftKings Sportsbook or across the board. Like he opened low, he went up to like 30, 33, and now he's back down to 28, 25, 22. So it seems like there's a bit of steam on Berger, at least in the betting market. I don't know if I want to trust, if he was going to be like 3% owned, I would go massively overweight on him. But that's just not what I'm seeing right now. It seems like people are still going to use Daniel Berger, maybe 8 to 12%, and maybe I can match the field on that. But I really worry about this back injury. Yeah, I'm worried too. It just, it, it always sucks with golf injuries because like all the major sports, I mean, they just don't have to report it. Like he could have withdrew last week and not said anything about his back, really. I mean, he could have just said undisclosed Daniel Berger withdraws. So obviously that he mentioned it's a back issue. We know that he's dealt with injuries. I mean, he, he was playing on a major medical extension just a few years ago and had to get his PGA Tour card back. So I guess if you want to say Daniel Berger's injury prone for a golfer, you can. Um, it, it's tough. The, the price is affordable. I, I do think he's going to be under owned here, obviously, because of that injury. Rates out really well for me, but I'll have to see how the ownership kind of progresses throughout the week here. The issue is going to be that anyone that runs an optimizer this week, Daniel Berger is going to be the stone nuts in that lineup because it won't factor in any sort of injury. And maybe they shouldn't. But when you look at his numbers and his performance, especially with the stats that are weighted in something like an optimizer approach uh, being the key to all of that, he's number one in this field over the past 50 rounds and approach. So obviously he's going to rate out as an extreme value this week. So anyone running an optimizer is likely going to have Daniel Berger in their lineup unless they make some sort of manual adjustment. And we know most people don't do that. No. Um, one fade for me, I'd say down in this range, Sam Burns. Are you in on Sam Burns at all this week? I was, but he's Anderker, so I'm out. Oh, there we go. Just he, like his, his approach over the last couple events that he's played in is nothing like we saw even early last year before his win. Um, obviously had a great 2021 season but i mean both events he's played in 2022 he's lost strokes to the field both tee to green and on approach so until i see something i mean i feel like burns at 9300 is still priced like he's in great form am, am i wrong I think he's in, listen, the, the form of the first two events hasn't been great, obviously, but he's still getting yeah. a lot of credit for what he did during this one. Basically, since Valspar last year, he's been excellent. So I think the price is fine. It's a worthy price. It's whether you want to be in or out on him. And obviously, you can't use everyone, in, just like the tens, can't use everyone in the nines. So Bubba and Brooks are where I want to go. I'm going to find it hard to get a, I think you need to not play one of Xander or Scheffler unless you start your lineups with Xander and save the money that way, because that build is going to be a little bit more contrarian. But Scheffler's ownership is going to be through the roof. Like, Rom, Rom Scheffler is going to be a very popular lineup start. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Scheffler's in a really good spot. Uh, $9,100 is obviously um, very affordable if he's your second guy in. Um, T7 last year, uh, missed cut in his debut, but the way... He played at Farmers the last time we saw him. I mean, his stats just jumped off the page. Fourth in ball striking, number one in greens and regulation, and second in good drives gained. So I'm in on Scheffler. I just don't know how much I want due to the uh, ownership here. Will you play Bubba? Because I'm definitely playing Bubba. I don't think I will. Just because, and the only reason being the trip to Saudi. Obviously, he looked awesome. Uh, second place finish. If it wasn't for Varner making a what 60 foot putt to end it 
uh, bubble was right in that thing for a playoff. So, um, I mean, it's his first event since the Northern Trust in August on the PGA Tour. Uh, that was, he didn't close out the year too well. Um, but like I said, it's really the trip from Saudi back over here. Does that kind of, does that play into what you're willing to do here with Bubba at all or no? I don't care about that. It's not like these guys are me being jammed into the last row of a plane coming over. Like these guys are flying private. It's fine. That's fair. It's just like when we get to Louis. Like Louis hasn't played so far in 2022. I don't really care. I'm, I'm going to play Louis. The, I think the issue with Bubba here is, and the case that I think people are going to make, is that he is objectively the worst player of this guy <laughs> in this price range. Like if you just go after Bubba, you got Finau, Louis, Fitzpatrick, Webb, and Adam Scott all cheaper than him. And it's not difficult to make a case that all of five of those guys are much better than Bubba Watson. I don't care. I'm going to lean with the skill set, lean with the history that he has at this course. I mean, there's a reason that he's coming over to play here. He's getting geared up. And I don't know how many more great seasons Bubba Watson has in him, but it starts here. And Feinberg pointed this out. Like generally when he has his good years, it starts in Phoenix. And if his putter isn't broken anymore, like I'm not too concerned about the ball strike. He can figure that out. No problem. I know he has never won here, but he does have four top five finishes in the past seven starts. So obviously something about this course gets it going for him. I mean, it's just, it's almost like the Brooks logic. I mean, Brooks is a much better player. So that is a, you know, feather in the cap for Brooks, but there's no form whatsoever coming in. Uh, you would just look at his numbers and be like, this guy sucks. I'm not going to play him, but he's Brooks. It's Phoenix. He's won here twice, including last year coming in no form, like we said. So maybe you don't play them both in the same lineup. Hell, maybe you do. I'll play both of them in the same lineup. I don't give a shit. I lose money every week anyway. I might as well do it this way with the way that I want to lose money. But I think this all kind of rounds about into, I'm not going to play Scheffler. That has to be the fade for me because everyone is going to be on him. And then just pray he doesn't come inside the top 10. Yeah. And I mean, with Bubba's course history as well, I mean, seeing that solo second last week at Saudi is a good thing, really, based off of what we saw throughout last season. I mean, he didn't have the best year, but closed out with a 64 over there. So um, who's to say he's not in great form coming into waste management this week? And like you said, with the whole flight thing, I don't think he would play in Saudi if he was worried about travel time. So, yeah. I mean, just go over, get your payday, try to win some more money, come back to Phoenix, have a good time at a course you love. Do you think you'll play Spieth? I don't. I don't see myself getting there, and it's kind of the Cantlay narrative for me, just seeing them off of a high finish last week, back-to-back uh, -back events. And, and it's just the price point. I, I just don't see myself being able to pay that for Jordan Speed this week. But, uh, I mean, we talked about the, it doesn't really matter because you could jam two $10,000 guys. And yes, value-wise, that's not going to look very good with Jordan Speed being priced over someone like Xander, who's just been a better DraftKings player. But... You know, we saw Spieth make his run here. This is where he kind of ignite, reignited his career a year ago. Obviously, he looked good at Pebble, came T2. I just don't know how many people are going to go to Spieth, and it's not like I don't like him here. And the one thing that he did well Saturday and Sunday at Pebble Beach was his irons were on fire. He was the best player in the field with his irons. Couldn't make a putt, couldn't really drive, didn't have to chip whatsoever. So I assume that his around the green game is still pretty good. But if he's going to like start dipping and no one is going to use Spieth, I think you can make a pretty compelling case for him as an amazing leverage play here. Yeah, and even last year at Phoenix, he, he did not have the course history here. I think he was coming into the event and hadn't having missed his last two cuts at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, his form last year was obviously not good. Uh, he was three of eight with no top 35s. 
Uh, and his round of 61 on Saturday last year is one that I'll just never forget. It was like, is Jordan Spieth back? Like that was awesome to watch. The guy was just rolling in putts from everywhere, led the field and approached by a ton, uh, 7.8 strokes. Um, and it was his best measured round since like 2018. So obviously he found something here last year. If the ownership does dip down, he'll be uh, an intriguing tournament play for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's it. So now I need really need to cull the field here because I right now I have a highlight next to Spieth, Xander, Brooks, and Bubba. So that means a fade on Burns, Berger, and Scheffler in the 9Ks. Probably need to lose one more guy or really kind of – yeah, it really depends on how many line. If I end up playing 50 lineups, I can, of course, play all these guys. But if I cull that yeah. down to 20, I probably need to drop at least one of them, maybe two. We'll see how that goes. But Spieth, and I mean, I'm not giving up necessarily on Berger yet. I want to see what the projections look like for him in terms of ownership. Like I said, I think because of the optimizer percentage on him that he's going to end up carrying a lot of ownership. It's sort of the reverse for Spieth, where he is, there is no optimizer on the planet that is going to give you Jordan Spieth this week. It's just not going to happen. No, it's not. Even off of last week, he was just playing so bad before that it's not going to pump out Jordan Spieth. And even if it does, people will see the $9,900 price tag and move on. Yeah, Spieth, Brooks, and Bubba are all going to be the non-optimal plays this week. So those are the guys that I want to play. I, I love playing non-optimal lineups in tournaments. That, that's the move for me. But with Spieth too, like he didn't make a putt really. Like he putted okay, but it wasn't like last year, like you mentioned, he was making putts from everywhere on Saturday. And he just didn't have that round at any of the courses at Pebble a week ago. And, and you know, that's brewing in him. How, how long can you keep Jordan Spieth down on the greens for making like four 30 foot putts in a round? I mean, it can happen at any given time, obviously seeing him do it last year on these greens, which are a little bit different than typical greens we see on tour. I mean, why not Jordan? I mean, they're super fast. I, I don't, I, obviously they're yeah. not as fast as they are at Augusta, but just go back and look at the guys that have played really well and won at this course. Brooks, I mean, Hideki just won the Masters. The Players is also another course where you have exceptionally fast greens. So maybe there is something to that, that just when you speed up the greens to their highest extent, that all of a sudden that Jordan Spieth just starts draining putts. They were a little bit slower last week until Sunday. And I think that really threw everyone out of, out of whack, except for Tom Hoagie, apparently. 8K range. Yeah. We got, I mentioned them, Finau, Louis, Fitz, Webb, Adam Scott making his PGA debut, but he was T10, T11 over in the Middle East to kick off the year, so he's in pretty good form. Seamus Power, I mean, he got poor, he got Anderkurs midway through Saturday, and that was the end of poor Seamus. Corey Connors, Henley, Hoagie coming off the win, obviously, and then Harris English, who just really has not had it going on so far this season. Uh, from the eights, Louis and Connors are my looks here. I think that maybe all I do. It's it's hard to fade Finau at that price, but you want to talk about someone who's like not playing well, it's Tony Finau. Yeah, I mean, he is coming at a discount, but at the same time, given his form, I'm, I don't think I'll even get there at that price tag. Uh, like you said, I'm all in on Louie this week. Um, $8,800 seems like a very fair price. Like you said a little bit ago, Last event was the RSM Classic at the end of November where he withdrew after the first round. But, I mean, what he's played here two times in the last few years or two times since 2017, and he's T11 last year, T3 in his debut uh, in 2017. It just seems like early in his career he was very selective with which events he wanted to play. You saw him play like 12 to no more than 20 events. And last year he played 21, and it seemed like, he was kind of adding a couple stops to his schedule. 
I just I think he was pressing it because he was playing so well. Just let's make as much money as possible here. And what was it's funny because he didn't win a major yet. You could really argue that last year was the best year of his career. Uh, he competed. He was in like the final group at three majors. So great year for Louis. And I, I mean, I love Justin Ray, but he put out the stat that I was sitting on. I was just saving it for this show, but he puts it out there. So now everyone knows. But uh, Louis in his first start of the year. Uh, in two starts at Waste Management, he's third in T11, like you mentioned. But Louis in his first start of the year worldwide since 2009, 13 starts, four wins, nine top tens. I'm not too concerned about him not being informed by the time he hits the links on Thursday. Especially what we saw like to close out 2021. No concerns whatsoever. No. And Connors, for me, I'm going to Connors. I wrote him up on dknation.com if you want to check that out. And I think I might go with Adam Scott. I don't know if I'm going to end up betting Adam Scott, but... At 8500 bucks, I think that's a pretty good price because I'm terrified of the Webb and Finau form. Let others play them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and other guy in this range uh, towards the bottom, do you make anything of the discrepancy with the Russell Henley price in terms of betting compared to DFS? Because Drafting Sportsbook has him at the 10th best odds to win right now. And if you're looking DFS-wise here at $8,200, he's the 20th highest priced player he he is gonna push 20 something percent ownership uh i think he's a nice fit for this course obviously henley's a lovely player but i know if he's gonna be the guy in the eights that everyone is using it's sort of like scheffler in the nines if he is the guy that everyone is using in the nines I'm just going to pick my poison, try to fade those two. Like it, it didn't work out for me last week. Cause I went full fade on Cantley, full fade on day and full fade on Mav and full fade on Tringali, just 0% of those guys in any of my lineups. And Cantley was really the only one that burned me, but I used a ton of Spieth. So Spieth outperformed Cantley. So it kind of worked out in that regard. Using Justin Rose was my problem last week. Uh, if I had just used day instead of Rose, although he didn't finish all that well, he still came inside the top 30, which would have helped me uh, by the time it came down to it. So I think you need to make a hard line stand here. Like, do you want to use a chalk Henley? He's a good value. If you're playing head to heads and cash games, I think he's going to rate out really well. He's going to be very highly owned in that. But if he's going to carry 20% in the giant $20, like pass, like let Russell Henley beat me. How often does that happen? Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. That's for sure. So obviously if you're going with Henley, you have to get different towards the top. Like we kind of talked about some of the higher owned guys. So, I mean, it just depends how you want to make your build, really. It does. Like, I would feel more comfortable going back to Hoagie at $100 cheaper at a third of the ownership. Like, I don't know, Hoagie's in better form than Henley. And people hate playing guys after a win. Oh, despise it. And I kind of, I, th- I, I, I would like to see the details on this. I mean, I probably don't because it would probably ruin my narrative. And I don't need facts messing up what I'm saying on this show don't need that don't need to be fact-checked but i do have a sense you know a feelings type thing where it's a first-time winner it's a guy who's not used to winning i could see this being a really big week for him he's got a million bucks deposited into his bank account it's a life-changing amount of money for tom hoagie not that he was like poor uh he's been playing pretty well on the pga tour i'm sure he's making some fine money but this is a life-changing win for him the pressure is off of him now he has his tour card for the next three years he's into the masters he has you know money where he can start building generational wealth at this point it'd be different if it was brooks who won last week does that make any sense to you like guys that have won a bunch of times they're used to winning like this is just 
something new in his life that he's never experienced before that it can play that pressure. That doesn't mean I'd fade him, uh, especially like Hoagie versus Russell Henley at this price and this ownership. I'd rather play Hoagie, but I would do, I might just not play either of them at the same time. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a bad idea either. Do you, I mean, Harris English has been bad, like really bad. We can't use him, right? No, I, I'm skipping right over him. And that's mainly because of who's priced directly below him. Oh boy. Well, I mean, you have one of two options there. I think one's a good option. One's a bad option. I'll probably end up playing the bad option because that's how my mind works. But before we get to the sevens, I did want to ask you very briefly about Fitz, who really got better as the week went along at Pebble. He's going to be a forgotten man down here. No one likes to play Fitz in fields like this when he's this price. You need him to be about $1,000 cheaper before he becomes a super popular play. Do you have any feel for him? I don't mind Fitz at this price point. Um, it's probably a stay away for me just because of where Louie is. Um, I'll, I'll throw him in a couple, I would imagine. He wasn't great off of the tee last week, but it's good seeing Fitz kind of round into form. I had high hopes for him last year and didn't really – do all that much but i mean given his price tag i don't think he's going to be too popular no no especially with the names that he's around when you're sandwiched in between louis finau and webb it's going to be a tough sell for old uh for old matthew fitzpatrick what do i have him coming in he's never played this tournament before but that's not look brooks won in his first start kyle stanley won in his first start Maybe I can throw Fitz into the mix. If I if I have, again, this all depends on how many lineups I end up playing. It's going to be Louie for sure, Connors for sure. After that, I like Scott and then maybe Fitzpatrick, but he still might not crack what I end up doing with my lineups. There's no worse feeling than being nauseous. I know when I uh, have a bit too much wine in the evening and my son wakes up at quarter to four in the morning, I'm not feeling the best when I wake up. And if you've ever experienced nausea, whether it's from the stress of the world or whatever it might be, you need to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal in your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. Like the name says, it legitimately is a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I've been using it. It has been terrific for me. I have not woke up nauseous in like four months. So Relief Band, go get it. And Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year. Right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee that's the best offer you'll find for relief band anywhere but you have my code so use it head to r-e-l-i-e-f-b-a-n-d.com and use our promo code mayo that's m-a-y-o if you're really bad at spelling for 20 percent off plus free shipping seven thousand dollar range is it answer or is it horschel you like it is answer okay. by a lot that makes more sense than Horschel, but 
I might just play Horschel <laughs> because he's Billy Horschel and he'll chip in five times. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Horschel. I mean, he, it was crazy to see like his year end world golf rank, just like how consistent he was throughout the year. But I don't think I can get there. Answers just like it kind of has a Brooks feel for me last year coming in in not that great of form. Um, $7,900 for the type of player that Abraham answer is, is an extreme value. I think we can thank his slow start for this price tag. He puts well on faster greens, um, has had success on some of these intermediate length courses. And like, if you look at his stats top to bottom, he hasn't been playing all that bad. He's just really been let down by the putter, um, losing at two or more strokes on the green in all three of his events this year, which I don't expect to continue. So, I'm going to have a lot of answer at $7,900. I think depend or no matter what build you do, you can fit him in. And just given the profile of player that he is, $7,900 is an awesome value. Hey, he is another guy coming back from Saudi. He was top 10 in Saudi last week. So that seems to be flying under the radar at the same time. Horschel has made his last seven cuts over the past seven years in Phoenix. He's made eight of nine cuts in his career at this tournament, but he only has one top 10 which is just really bizarre. Yeah, that is a little bit weird, but given it's Billy Horschel, that's not too shocking to me at all because, I mean, it's a guy that just makes cuts and will get a win every now and then. So um, he's, he's just priced in a tough spot for me. I answer, uh, just looking at the early ownership projections, it doesn't seem like many are going to answer. I can do that. If I can get a single digit Abraham answer, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm in on that. I like that. That's that's really good. There is sort of a player's crossover with this course. Maybe it's just the winner's circle. Maybe it's you know, quality of field where really good players end up winning this event. And then, you know, they also end up winning at the Players' Championship as well, whether it be, I mean, Hideki didn't win, but Hideki has performed really well at the Players over the years. Webb has won both. Uh, Brooks has a second-place finish there as well. Phil has won both. Who else has won both? Kyle Stanley most certainly has not won both. Ricky has won both. <laughs> uh, but Answer is someone who plays the TPC Sawgrass really well, plays really well at TPC courses overall. That narrative really gets attached to KH Lee, but it's kind of the same thing for Abraham Answer as well. I mean, what, what are his odds this week? You didn't even really click on my radar. Is he like 60 to 1? 55. He was around 50 55. when I looked. Yeah, 55. 55, 55 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I may have to give that a look because I don't know what I want to do with the top yet. I got Brooks and Bubba on the card. Might go answer and pick one of these jabronis from the top. Maybe Hideki doesn't feel Do you think that Hideki's been at 18 all week? I know that he's popular, but it really feels like no one is betting him at 18. Do you think we can catch a 20 by Wednesday? I don't think it's going to move just based off of his course history and what he's been able to do here. And given his recent form, I just don't, even if nobody's betting him, I don't think the books want to push it to 20. All right. List is going to be super popular. I mean, both optimal lineup wise, when you run an optimizer with the stats, he's coming off a win. This seems like it's going to be a really good course for him. I don't know if I like fading Luke List, the number one player T to green over the past 24 rounds. This feels like a course that would be really good for him, by the way. Number one, that key proximity range from 175 to 200 over the past 50 rounds as well. So do you think you can pass on a chalky list here? Because last time List was chalk, he won. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll be able to pass on him just because of the whole coming off of a win narrative. I know that means absolutely nothing, but um, as good as he putted at the Farmers, I just don't see him keeping that up. 
He's now priced appropriately as to where he normally comes in on these optimizers. And I, I think there's just so many guys um, kind of like you mentioned earlier in the show, sitting around 7K that you don't really have to pay up the $7,700, especially, I mean, it really just comes down to answer for me. When answer's sitting there at $7,900, I look at those two players completely different. I mean, I think they're in two different tiers. Do you think it's going to be odd when Ricky is more owned than answer? No, not at all. Just because people love playing Ricky, including myself. <laughs> I just... I mean, after last year, I, th I think I used them in one and done at this event last year. And that was when I almost gave up all hope in early February. But no, that doesn't shock me at all. People love playing Ricky. Um, had a good track record here. But I mean, the last couple of times, not all that great. Yeah, he used to have a good track record at a lot of places. He doesn't have that. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, it, it's it's all gone. And even like there were some like Spieth, when he was not playing well, you'd seen his he was still pushing made cuts at the masters and like doing decent finishes at the masters. You just don't see that from Ricky, especially at Phoenix. And the, I mean, that's kind of alarming. No one will play Siwoo. No one will play Kisner. No one will play Damon this week. Cameron Davis is another player that no one will use who I actually really like. He's 72 hundred dollars i think keegan bradley will get a little bit of steam just based on past performance and the ball striking numbers but i talked about that eagle rate like cameron davis i think he led the tour in eagles last year uh, i actually have no idea what his history is at this course but he just seems underpriced for a guy that is a really good DraftKings player he was 10th of the century he was 27th of the sony 56th of the farmers uh, gained on the greens in each of those and he outperformed his position in terms of DraftKings points in each of those starts uh, he's never played this event before i'm not too concerned about that though i, I think that he's a really good fit here and he won the rocket mortgage which you know, probably has no correlation but it's nice to see that he has a win somewhere yeah, I, I like I like Davis a lot here. I did see that he was number one in Eagles last year, made 20 Eagles throughout the course of the year. So that's an aggressive type guy that, I mean, that you're obviously looking for. And I don't see that as being a bad thing. He puts actually very well on fast greens over the past 12 months. Uh, $7,200 for a guy like Cam Davis. Like, usually you're getting guys like, what, some random rookie at $7,200. Like Cam Davis is a legit PGA Tour player who can win any given event. And I'm not too worried that this is his first start here at Phoenix. Uh, I'm looking at the projections in terms of ownership right now. It's like 3% for Cameron Davis, whereas Keith Mitchell, who is $300 more expensive at $7,500, is going to garner like 10, 11%. Like these guys are very similar type players. And frankly, I although Keith Mitchell has the win on tour at Honda, I think that Davis might be the better player. I think Davis is a better player than a lot of the guys priced above him. Um, he, he had a great 2021, like you said, including the win at Rocket Mortgage, but a guy who can really get it out there, use this driving distance to his advantage. Um, and if he's putting well on these fast screens, I don't think he'll have any problem here at Scottsdale. So yeah, List is soaking up a lot of the ownership. It does appear like people are going to Mitchell, the Gooch at $7,800. He's doing very well in the statistical models like he always does. Putnam, people might go back to. And then you got Aaron Wise down at $7,100. He's going to crack double digits. He's going to be the very popular play from down in this range. Him and Mito, uh, who I both, I bet both these guys to win this week. 
because this was sort of the strategy that I was taking at the top of the board where I want to take some of these contrarian guys like Brooks or Bubba or Spieth or even Adam Scott or Louie at that point uh, because I'm going to eat the chalk with both Wise and Mito. I'm also going to play uh, Italia, Francesco Molinari at 7% ownership. Give me some Molinari. He's a good player. Yeah, he is. Um are you by chance betting Wise and Pereira because they're both on my season long team? Because if that's it, you're you're in bad you're in for a treat, Pat. It's not been going good. Well, I, I don't like to hear that. I got Mito at one forty, <laughs> and I got uh, Wise at one ten. I think the Wise number has dropped to like eighty or seventy at this point. But he lost over ten strokes putting at this event last year. That, that, that can't happen again. No, no, I don't. I don't think that'll happen again. I think he was dead last of all players who made the cut because of that. I mean, he was just so bad on the greens. Um, I'm actually surprised how little wise has played this year. I think this is only his second event. Um, but this is a guy who had a really strong finish in the fall, still a super young player on tour, uh, made the cut last year, like we said, but, um, his putting has come around, but last year obviously just wasn't it for wise. So, I like your outright on him more than I do the DraftKings play. Just looking at like the price points, I think you have such an advantage playing someone like Cam Davis, just $100 more than Wise, given their projected ownership. I think that you are right with that. But maybe I'll scale back the ownership on DraftKings because I have this outright. Are we all just a bit too enamored with Mito at 7000 Because that, that seems like it, it's not a misprice based on who I see at the top of the $7,000 range, but I really thought he was going to be $76, $7,700. I was shocked by his odds when they came out. Maybe I just think that Mito's a lot better than he is. I think he's a lot better than a lot of people think. Um, it, it's just like he, he's been sitting in the high sevens, low eights on DraftKings, even in some of the stronger fields when he got his third corn Ferry tour uh, victory to get his PGA tour card. He lost strokes putting in five of his first eight measured rounds, but now he's just been on fire with the putter. Um, I mean, he's gained two and a half strokes or more in each of the past four events. So seeing him at 7K flat is a spot that I think I'm willing to take advantage of, even if he is popular. Yeah, the long-term past 50 rounds table that I've ran on FantasyNational.com. And you can input your own stats if you want to. Go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off any of the membership levels. Uh, full access to the weekly, monthly, or annual type members. doesn't really matter. Just you get 20% off. Use slash Mayo at the end of it. Uh, wise rates. So in terms of ratings in the sevens, it's List, who's number three in this field. Wise is number 10 in this field. Keegan is number 11 in this field. Mav would have been 12, but he's not playing. Answer is 18. Gooch is 19. Damon is 23. Woodland is 26. Now, for Woodland, it's, it's going back a while with the past 50 rounds. But Damon's someone coming off a good week. No one wants to play Damon this week because he struggled on Sunday. Can we just go back to Joel yeah. Damon? I don't mind that at all. I don't think people are going to play Damon just because of that. Um, it, it's tough. The one thing I was going to mention, Pat, speaking of McNeely, shout out to DraftKings for not ruling him out on there. I hope everyone locks in their lineups right now and just goes on with the rest of their week. And he's like 3%. That's really rare for DraftKings, by the way. It is. like Usually like the moment it happens, out just appears next to their name. And that's, that's not what's happening here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, like... I don't know what I'm going to do with Woodland yet. I'm thinking about playing him. I'll probably end up betting him rather than playing him. But KH Lee is going to get a ton of buzz 
maybe more in the outright market because his odds were just like 160 or something like that. But it is a much higher price point than you would expect at $7,300. Obviously, the TPC narrative, he was second at this tournament last year. He seems to just be getting a lot of buzz. I don't think he's going to be as chalky as some people may project, but he could push double digits by the time it comes around. He probably, him and Wise are probably the two from down here, along with Mito, depending on how people feel. But you don't need to play all three of them if you don't want to. Uh, being slightly more might push his ownership down than those two, but are you in on KH Lee? Because I, I can see myself taking a pass here. I, I'm definitely going to pass on Lee too. I mean, I think people see that T2 finish last year and just think he's better than he is i mean the guy's been making cuts at a very high rate i'm not going to take that away from him but the finishes haven't been all that high as of late um i'd much rather eat the chalk on some of these guys like you were saying like wise or Pereira, or even pat perez has been rating out very well for me the last couple weeks um back-to-back top 10 finishes a t6 the farmers followed by a t9 this last week at pebble uh led the field in ball striking good drive percentage and he was fifth in greens and regulation three things that i'm weighing into my models pretty heavily this week so i think perez at seventy one hundred dollars is in play here i haven't looked at his projected ownership but i can't imagine too many people are going to want to play pat perez based off of who he's priced around see i thought that he would end up coming in pretty highly but the numbers do not agree with me he's right around like you know six to ten percent kind of thing the other one that i thought was going to be shockingly higher was max homa who just seemingly is garnering no interest maybe he's more of an outright bet than a DraftKings play because he can kind of blow you up with like a last place finish but he's never missed the cut here he's a top 10 he's pretty fairly priced I think and just there's so much buzz around Luke List at the moment that everyone's just going to list yeah yeah and I don't think that's going to go away at all okay six thousand dollar range like i mentioned off the top uh, i want to hear your two favorite plays of the six thousand dollar range down in the comment section i can give you my favorite play he's the reaper he's the gim reaper sixty six hundred dollars for doug gim i will sign up for that one right away let's lock that one in where's my guy nasty nate lashley sixty seven hundred dollars and the postmaster general sixty three hundred dollars jt poston uh, for whatever reason, a very good player at the Players' Championship has been really good at this course as well. Probably better him first-round leader, too. Those are the three guys that I really like from the sixes. Yeah, first one that pops off the page to me is uh, Adam Hadwin at $6,900. Okay. Uh, game's really trending in the right direction. T16 last week, that was kind of sneaky. Uh, lost two strokes putting last week, which is not a normality for Adam Hadwin. Um, he was second in strokes gained tee to green, second in ball striking, and fourth off the tee last week so if he can get the putter turned around here at tpc scottsdale i think hadwin's in play here at sixty nine hundred dollars i'm kind of torn on what to do with bo hostler oh i that, that's easy just don't play him i was thinking about potentially <laughs> playing lucas glover again after he lost me so much money last week yeah, Hostler was a surprise as much as I've liked him over the last couple of years. I, I mean, I don't think he was on anyone's radar. He obviously got a big bump um, based off of what he was able to do last week. Uh, made the cut three times in four attempts here with just one top 20. Um, never gained strokes on approach here, which is kind of alarming. But I don't know. Hostler, 6,700. There's just better ways you can do it. He doesn't rate out too bad. It just... Depends on if the Bo Hostler of the last year and a half is going to show up. Well, I will not play Glover and I'll play Hadwin. I like that. I didn't realize he was so good tee to green last week. And Desert Golf. You always have to play Hadwin with Desert Golf. That's his jam. 
What else do we have down here? By the numbers, the numbers love Grio. I don't want to play Grio. Do you want to play Grio? If I'm ever going to play Grio, it's going to be down here, unless he really shows me something. Um, I don't think I'm going to get there. Shez is still hitting his irons really well. He's someone who's contended here. He's lost in a playoff at this event in the past. I think this is his home course, which it is for like 40 players in the field, but very familiar with these confines. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing, Pat, if we want to go all the way to the bottom. Ooh, talk uh, to Kevin Chappell. Oh, Kevin Chappell. Chap- were you on, was it last week you were on him or the week before? Last week. Chappell cost me a spot into the 4,444 last week. So thanks, Kev. Oh. So here's what Chappell has at stake this week. He's $6,100 on DraftKings. Um, he has one start remaining on his major medical extension. Kind of reminds me of Chris Kirk last year at Sony. I don't know if you remember, Kirk had to finish like second place or win to regain his tour card. Chapel's in a very similar spot. He needs just over 109 FedEx Cup points. That means Chapel would need a solo fifth or better, a three-way T4 and he's safe, a four-way T4 and he's gone. Um, he, he, he'd be playing under conditional if that was the case. But I thought it was kind of bold to make Waste Management Phoenix open your last start on your major medical extension. Like you got to have some type of confidence to want to go into this field and expect to finish fifth or better. That's just my take. Yeah. Maybe save it for Puerto Rico or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, he's made the cut here twice in his last three trips. None of them were great finishes, but there's gotta be something to chapel deciding to come to Phoenix with his last start to his name. I'm just looking at Neesmith right now. You mentioned that he was fire with his yeah, was, last year. And he just, he was chalk last week. And I think he triple bogeyed 17 or 18 to miss, to get MDF and not appear on Sunday. I very much <laughs> doubt anyone is going back to Neesmith here. These are usually the type of guys I like to play though. Like there was a reason he was popular last week. And now because he burned you, it's not even like he played all that poorly. He played fine. Uh, I think you can go back to him here if you want to. Now you probably don't need to go into the depths of the $6,000 range, but if you want to play wrong, or will play one of those like double stack $10,000 lineups, you do have to do that. So it depends again on the lineups that you want to construct, but then these guys do become somewhat viable. I think he can make the cut and he's going to make birdies if nothing else. Yeah. And I mean, four Eagles here last year, like I said, led the field, uh, Matthew Neesmith. And last year there were two guys from 6,300 and below that finished T4 or better. So if you want to go heavy at the top, it's not to say that, you can't pick the right guys down here. That's a whole lot different than a normal event or a worse event, I should say, when you're down under $6,500. You can definitely find some value down here. You got the guts to play Kyle Stanley? I don't think I do this week. Former champ. I know. I he, He's just not doing it for me. Stanley is not doing it for me this yeah, week. That's fair. I, I think Poston is probably the lowest I'm going to go in that. There is no numbers supporting JT Poston whatsoever. That is more or less just a gut play for me. I think he has played well here in the past. Yeah, 11th, 37th, and 26th has gained over four strokes putting in each of his starts at this course. So there's something about these greens, the greens at TPC Scottsdale, TPC courses in general, where the postmaster general can get it done. I, I don't really see anyone else down here. Duffner rates out really well. He was in Saudi last week too, which 
I don't know what the hell he was doing in Saudi, but he was there. Now he's in the field this week. Other than that, yeah, I think that's it for for this range. Don't play Charlie Hoffman is something I can tell you after experiencing that last week. Yeah, one other guy down there that's kind of interesting is that Austin Ekro. I mean, he's been rating out pretty well for me. He's an interesting player. And to be honest, Pat, I don't know how like priority rankings and all that works, but I don't know how Ekro is just getting in every field. I have no idea. To tell you the truth, I, I'm not big up on the exemptions. It's not really my field of expertise. <laughs> but I mean, the guy is I try and follow it, but it's there's there's no rhyme or reason. He's a sponsor exemption this week, so someone wants Ekro to play. I mean, he's supposed to be a stud, so the more starts you can get him the better and then he can finally play his way to get the regular events coming in he doesn't need to use up these sponsors exemptions anymore now he he really devastated me last week after a super hot start on thursday another guy who was in that little mbf category that i think i had him in one lineup maybe it was just i lost i lost four of my guys to the mdf right at minus four It, it was not great news and you know they were going to be lights out on Sunday. That's the worst part. I know they were going to. They were all going to shoot sixty-two. <laughs> it's, it's unfair, if you ask me. So my priority for this range, I kind of like what you had to say about Hadwin. I think I'm going to bump Hadwin up into that. But La- Gim, Lashley, Hadwin, and Poston are going to be the four that I really gravitate around. If I start playing more lineups, I might throw a click towards Shez Reeve, throw a click towards Hudson Swafford, who I still think can get it done in this range as well. Uh, he's one of the better players in the field from 175 to 200. He's number 29 over the past 20, not or over the past 50 rounds. Had one actually rates out 18th in that number, which really surprised me. Neesmith as well, I'll probably throw into that mix. Yeah, like I said, just seeing Hadwin losing strokes putting last week is, is just odd. So I don't know. I mean, that's two straight events I actually lost at the Farmers too, but um, everything else was just on fire for Hadwin, and we get him down at $6,900. I, I think he's in a great spot. That brings us to everyone's favorite portion of the show, the play the best plays lineup. Let's see if we can construct the most popular lineup out there, if we can figure out who the best plays are going to be this week. Do you think this lineup starts with Rom? Because I think I do. Yeah. If you're looking at the top, I think that's your safest bet is going with Rom. So it's this lineup starts Rom, Scheffler, Henley. I think that's the way that we need to play it. So then you have Mito, you have Pereira. Chuck those two in. Then we have $7,000 left. Now it becomes a bit more difficult because we've bypassed some of the more popular names that we can have that like right at 7,000, there's no one else that really starts sticking out anymore. Can you think of a better construction here? Like, do you go hell? It does seem like Rom Scheffler Henley is going to be a very popular start. How do we do this? If you go from Henley to list, you could probably get up to Keith Mitchell at the bottom. If that's the way that you wanted to play it. Cause it does feel like list is going to be pretty juicy as well. Do you have another $7,000 name that you think is going to end up being like a very popular play? Kind of looking through here. I, I could really see KH Lee getting some ownership, but I, I just don't know how much exactly. I guess we could try and throw him in there. I don't know. We, we, we don't have enough money is the problem. No. We'd have to go from Henley to List. So Henley to List opens up $7,500. Now you could play KH Lee if you wanted to. Or Keith Mitchell, who rates out actually to be higher owned. So we can throw in Keith Mitchell. So the lineup would look like Rom, Scheffler, List, Mito, Aaron Wise, and Keith Mitchell. Zero dollars remaining, too. You know, people, when you're playing the best plays, you got to max out your budget. 
Yeah, you can't win if you don't max out your budget. Right. Everyone knows that. Well, there it is. That's the lineup. Enter. I don't want to enter with crowns. I want to enter with five bucks. There we go. That's much easier. We got to, you got to save those crowns. You got to save your crowns, Dom. You never know when they're going to come through. When yeah, when DK crowns become the next Bitcoin, I want to be sitting there. Yeah, you can't spend it on a T-shirt or a two-dollar entry or something. You got to you got to hoard them. Here's the thing. If I need a t-shirt from DraftKings, I got a guy. Trust me. I can get myself a t-shirt from DraftKings. Don't need to be spending the crowns on those ones. Let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and converse with you when you're putting out your bets. You can follow me on Twitter at DomCinto underscore 11. Usually throw out a bunch of outrights, top 30s, top 40s. Um, Yesterday, Pat, actually found a weird number on ROM top 30 that I hammered. It's probably going to backfire, so... Might want to take Rom out of that optimal lineup. But yeah, Twitter at DomCinto underscore 11. If you want to hear about uh, golf bets, uh, how bad the Vikings are, whatever, you can find me there. All right. Follow me at the PME. Sub to the newsletter where I'll have my final bets of the week. DraftKings ownership plus some more research notes for you about the Waste Management Open. Plus, you might have some secret shows in there as well because uh, you know, the Custies are coming up. Uh, they won't come out till Wednesday afternoon. The, the football show with Jeff, Tim, and I will already be out by that. But coming up during the week, I got DraftKings Showdown for Super Bowl, best bets for Super Bowl. So a jam-packed week on the Pat Mayo Experience. Rate and review five stars on Apple Podcasts. Rate five stars on Spotify. That takes literally two seconds. So if you could do that, it would help us out big time. Smash like, sub to the channel. And again, the newsletter is down in the description along with the Listener's League link. Let's sub to that and fill that up and do me the solid. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Have your experience! Experience!